The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Ignition and liftoff. Vehicles pitching downrange. Powering telemetry nominal. All right, as you can see, Falcon 9 has cleared the tower, lifted off from Cape Canaveral Space Force Station. We just heard the call out that the vehicle is supersonic. We're currently going to throttle down the engines in preparation for Max Q coming up. Max Q. Oh, there we heard it. So that was the moment of greatest aerodynamic pressure that the vehicle will experience in flight today. Everything looking nominal with stage one trajectory. Now we have five events coming up in quick succession. Miko or main engine cutoff, stage separation, stage one flip, second engine start one, and the boost back burn. Beautiful view of the of the Florida coastline. The first stage flipped itself over and is now making its way back to the coast of Florida. All right, there you can see the two fairing halves have separated, fallen away from the vehicle, exposing the 105 spacecraft to the vacuum of space. Well, I certainly can't get over that sound, right? And the actual liftoff, often you'll hear it uh, re replayed uh, in songs, in movies, but to hear uh, the actual live event is really something special. Well, we're talking about the future of space in South Africa. Dr. Mboneni Mofe is the deputy Director General for Technology Innovation, responsible uh, for the spo space program. Good morning to you. Uh, thanks for your time today. Uh, good morning, Cathy, and to all the SAFM listeners, and I'm happy to be joining you today. Itumeleng Makuloi is the Deputy Director for Space Science. Uh, good morning to you as well, Itumeleng. Uh, good morning, Kathy, and good morning to your listeners as well. So I think the past week there have been reflections on how significant a moment it was to have those uh, three nanosatellites of South Africa um, you know, taking off as part of this uh, Transporter 3 mission on the Falcon 9. Dr. Mofe, there's been some time to see whether or not those satellites are operating as they should be. What's the update you can give us this morning? Well, the update is that uh, just uh, over an hour thereabout after the launch, we needed to find out whether we'll be able to establish contacts with the satellite. Mm. and be able to really find some way of communication, which has really been one of those nervous moments. So uh, between the time of the launch and about 10 o'clock, some of us couldn't go to bed. But then ultimately we were uh, informed that, yes, the contacts have been established with the satellites. But as you correctly say, <clears throat> it's still going to be a couple of days uh, for us to be able to say everything has been stabilized and we are getting steady information and data from the satellites. But for now, at least the comfort is that we are able to communicate with the satellites, they are orbiting, so we are able to get whatever information that we can, but it still needs to be updated. Mm. 
My understanding is that these satellites are uh, produced, fully produced in South Africa and among the first to to be produced in this country. Is that the case? Yeah, we, we actually started this program a while back. Um, you may recall that prior to this launch, we had launched another small satellite in 2018. Uh, and there were others that we have launched prior. And what we have done is these were locally produced, but we were moving. Our point of departure has always been to do what we call backward integration. So you start off without capability and you start building it and say, we're going to start, say, by training our students to be engineers. And as you train them, you are able to partner them either with those in the industry, local and international, to a point where they can do everything. So yes, uh, as we stand today and we talk about these particular ones, these are homegrown and we are proud of that. And we have really worked on this steadily. So it was not just a matter of rushing in to say we're going to do this and we get everybody from international partners. No, we have really built our own team by starting from the students who were trained to be uh, satellite engineers. And then I think ITU may be able to confirm that mm. to date, I think, out of that program, we have uh, plus minus 70 satellite engineers that we produce. Mm. And it's such an important process to to, to explain. And ITU Meleng, I'm going to bring you in here because if they are no skills, it doesn't mean that there isn't opportunity to create those skills in the country. So when you go about the process of saying, well, we need satellite engineers and we currently maybe do not have enough or do not have any, at which point of the schooling program does that conversation come into play for you as as, as, as the department? So as the department... Um, and then let me just quickly, as a department, what we do is we, we develop strategies around every area of work, including the space science area. And then out of that, we are able to map out over a period of time, what is it that we have? And in order to reach the ultimate goal, what do we need to do to start off and then work towards that? So I think that's really where we can start. And it can go more into the CPUT program as when it started and how we reached the point where we are today. Okay. And Idumele? No, I, I just wanted to say, you know, there were, you know, already, you know, graduates for us. That that was our entry point. There were already gra- graduates on the ground who had done, you know, the basic sciences, Bachelor of Sciences and, and all of that. And what needed, what we thought of is to, you know, take those uh, students, maybe put them into a program that, of, of specific for satellite engineering, uh, that was a quick win. But I think, to your point, maybe, and, and Dr. Moffat's point is that, you know, for me, I think it, uh, from a schooling point, we need to then start engaging holistically with, you know, uh, you know, basic education and even higher education to to, to ensure there is this pipeline uh, and, and, and uh, to ensure that, you know, there is a sort of a... a, a Sprint line uh, targeted training from grassroots, uh, you know, uh, towards you know the specific areas fields that we need. Mm.
And oftentimes there isn't enough awareness created about the opportunities that lie in these different industries. So we'll, we'll hear, you know, the emphasis on uh, your STEM subjects, your science, your technology, your maths, etc. But that that line in terms of what it is that it holds potentially for the future for young people, I don't think that that message is being articulated clearly enough. Itumele? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but what we are, we are doing in actual fact as a department, uh, it, uh, precisely to that point, is that we have uh, awareness campaigns uh, public awareness campaigns uh, with schools uh, and various, uh, uh, for example, we have a space week we, and then we have national space, uh, uh, science week. Those are the platforms that uh, we invite them, children uh, at, the, at school level to come in and then we have talks, you know, with people who are experienced in these fields uh, maybe to plant a seed. Maybe it's not enough, uh, but I think, like I said earlier, we need to really now go to the basics, start from the very beginning, engage and have policies, uh, you know, mainly work uh, closely with our uh, counterparts at our basic education, higher education, to ensure that, you know, we have a a full view of where we're heading, where we want to see ourselves in time, in terms of uh, you know, ten to twenty years, in terms of uh, you know, ensuring that we have the the mass or the critical mass for for these areas that are critical for the development of our country. Mm. Dr. Mofe, what is the vision for South Africa when it comes to space? So we've got a, a broad vision for space, and and. We have uh, luckily been able to work on it steadily to a point where we're comfortable that it is an achievable one. So you probably um, now know about the satellite program and we have launched, etc. We've got another program around uh, the launch capabilities, so which we have also been building steadily the same way that we build the satellite manufacturing capability. So um, you might probably be aware that last year there were two um, very important uh, developments around the issues of launch capability. One is that we were able to successfully launch a rocket uh, from our facilities. Um, while we had targeted a specific range in terms of altitude, we managed to actually exceed that and recorded what was, uh, what, what was considered to be a record uh, altitude that was achieved. Uh, so that means that that particular work is going on properly. And the other work that complements that is the issue of development of the actual rockets themselves and the related engines. And again, we also had a very successful uh, test of what we developed um, in December last year. And this work is being done with the University of KwaZulu-Natal. So the issue of developing our own launch capabilities so that with time, even if we can start off with rocket, that we can really build this capability to be big enough and become an, an international uh, attraction point. So that is the one aspect. So the one that is still very much now in a document, as a strategic document, and which is very crucial, is that of communication um, satellite. And, and we know that 
uh, whether it is in terms of broadcasting, whether it is in terms of internet connectivity, whether it is in terms of mobile telephony, that South Africa is reliant on foreign um, satellites. Now, our strategy is that we need to begin to also build and strengthen our own capacity to manufacture and develop and even launch uh, these satellites. So this is really one aspect that at least it will help us close the whole value chain of the space sector. So we're hoping that uh, by the end of this uh, current financial year, which is March 2022, that this particular strategy would have been approved uh, by cabinet. So mm-hmm. that's really us making sure that we begin to uh, localize this thing because ultimately we are paying uh, in dollars for access to the satellite. Uh, so if we have our own, then it just makes things easier. A lot of parents would be interested to know, you know, what are the easiest ways to get their children exposed uh, to what is happening in, in this industry? Dumele? Uh Fortunately, we have a, a, a space agency, the South African National Space Agency. And whereas we as a department would do, uh, you know, uh, certain awareness, in, 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 you know, batches or whatever, for lack of better, better work, like I said, in, during uh, science, uh, space science uh, and, week. Uh, yeah. week and science week, they have a much more, uh, you know, annual pro- programs throughout the year. And what we normally do is to, you know, uh, engage with them and, uh, you know, support them financially in terms of, you know, ensuring that these programs, that you know, kids can come to, and they they made aware of you know the possibilities of careers that they they can think about at a young age. And w- and and ultimately, when it comes to the kind of resources that are needed to get young people through the schooling system, I mean, is it something that you look at where there is? some level of intention behind perhaps making available bursaries that will ensure that those who are talented are, are able to stay in the system? Ultimately, Kathy, I think that, that's the way we need to, to be going. At the current moment, uh, uh, we conceptualizing it uh, around exactly the, 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 the idea that when we have we can put them into uh, an academy, for lack of a better word, where we can actually handpick these uh, uh, students or uh, learners and put them into this program from a very young age. Uh, but it needs to be, it needs, it needs us to work closely with other uh, stakeholders. It, mm. it, uh, for example, I'm, I spoke about our space agency. There are other, uh, you know, state-owned aid. Uh, Players that would benefit because whatever the, the, the more important thing, Kathy, to remember is that you know when you train a, a learner in, in engineering, they can actually fit in, 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 for example, in space satellite engineering. They can actually uh, fit in various uh, uh, engineering fields, mechanical electronics. Uh, you know, all of those you will find within the, the satellite uh, engineering, engineering field. So we need all of those. So once they can be placed or whatever, they can go to, 
the various uh, uh, companies that mm. offer these this, this careers. Let me come back to you, Dr. Mufa, and talk about, you know, the collaborations that it takes to to do this kind of work. Of course, our latest satellites were launched via SpaceX. We know Elon Musk has links to South Africa. Are you using some of those uh, ties to try and leverage on, on the relationship and see um, how else you can have something that is mutually beneficial? So, so at this stage, we haven't. And, and I think it was all deliberate. Mm. Uh, one of the things that we wanted to do first is that we don't want people to just engage and say, we want to do this, and then ultimately we don't follow up. So we wanted to really show our intention and then move from that intention to say, look, this is what we are doing, and this is how we would want to really get into a partnership. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to now having established this relationship, even though it was at this stage a very commercial uh, arrangement, that we begin to build that relationship because there is much that we want to do that we would like to learn uh, from the partnership, for example, with SpaceX. And we really want to take that. And, and our relationship with an Elon Musk type of a gentleman could be much broader because we've got a whole range of other programs in the department that are aligned to some of his work. So we are hoping that after having done, you know, uh, in Shanghai they say, which means that actually the actions speak. We wanted the actions to speak before we just go to talk to the likes of him with just words that could end up being empty. Mm. Itumeleng, I don't know if there's anything that you would like to add before we wrap up this conversation. Yeah, I think uh, to add on to your question and, and what Dr. Moffe is saying is that, you know, when you enter into, for example, approach uh, such companies or countries, you also want to have demonstrated that you are serious because even the technologies themselves, they, they, they are called what you call, uh, people don't transfer this technology because they are of a very sensitive nature. And, and that is what they fall within the dual technology, both military and civilian. So when you partner with uh, such countries or companies, you need to be able to demonstrate that there is something that you're bringing onto the table. Uh, and yeah, that's all I, I needed to say. Thanks. All right, no worries. We'll leave it there for today for this conversation. Let me thank you both uh, for coming on to the show. It's where we wrap it up for this Monday edition of the Talking Points. Akina Kamwendo up next with the update at noon.